Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from the Locked On Nationals podcast. This podcast will air on Friday, September 18th, 2020. R.M. Layton and I, this is part number two of our podcast. Part one, you guys can find, we talked about prospects, about who the Nationals should be looking at maybe in the draft, who in their own farm system could be brought up next season. And then this part, Aram and I talk about our two teams, the Nationals and the Marlins, who are about to play a five-game series in three days this weekend. A doubleheader today on Friday, a standard game on Saturday, and then a doubleheader on Sunday. Both doubleheaders are going to be seven-game doubleheaders uh, in this jam-packed weekend. So big weekend, especially for the Marlins. News-wise, a big one for the Nationals. Hope you guys enjoy our conversation. You are Locked On Nationals. Your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to our two teams that are going to tangle uh, this weekend in a nice, one of our favorite, I'm sure it's one of your favorite things, uh, the old three-game, three-day, five-game doubleheader. The, uh, no, wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, three-day, five-game doubleheader. You have the doubleheader on Friday. You have the Saturday single game. And then you have the doubleheader on Sunday. So doubleheaders bookend the weekend. It's a five-game series. Um, these Marlins, and I, and I was skeptical a week or so ago of their ability to tread water just because of how ridiculously busy their schedule is going to be. I mean, you know, they played a seven-game series, for God's sake, last weekend. And here they are at 25 and 22 as we are currently speaking. Um, they have taken over that second playoff spot in the National League East, Arm, how the hell have they done this? That's a great question. Um, but <laughs> to, to answer it, really, uh, to, uh, like it's really just been a lot of situational hitting and good pitching. And I think the crazy thing for them is when they lose, they lose. But like they bounce right back the next ball game. They really haven't had a stretch where they've lost consecutive games or you know lost more than three or four games. And that's been that's the key in a season like this, right? Is don't go into a losing streak because a five-game losing streak is more like a 14-game losing streak. Right. And the Marlins have not really lost more than a couple games. I don't know what the longest losing streak is, but they really haven't gotten into too much of a, of a scuffle in that regard. I mean, what happened with the COVID-19 situation and the fact that they were able to tread water during that is just absurd. But now, yeah. you know, you can actually start to understand why they're having some success. You call up Sixto Sanchez. He's been one of the best pitchers in baseball, flat out, the last three or four starts. Sandy Alcantara is back. He, he's a legitimate, you know, solid top-end type of pitcher. You know, I'm not going to say he's an ace, but he, he's a solid number two arm from what he's been from the second half of last year and now going into this year. And then the Marlins just have a lot of starting pitching after that. Pablo Lopez is having the best year of his career. And then the offense. Jesus Aguilar looks like 2018 Jesus Aguilar, which is huge. Uh, and then the Marlins have Miguel Rojas hitting 370, which is just <laughs> crazy. But, he, you know, he, he's consistent, and he's an anchor. And then, you know, Brian Anderson's been an anchor. But then you had the small additions like Corey Dickerson and some of the other guys that have been able to make an impact. Matt Joyce has made an impact. Mm -hmm. It seems like the Marlins have just come together with this balance of, like, undervalued veterans and prospects that are doing well. And the thing is the Marlins have had a lot of prospects come up and, and kind of flounder. And I'm talking top prospects like Jesus Sanchez, top prospect, Monte Harrison's a top prospect. Mm -hmm. They both struggled. I'm not going to say it's time to panic, but they were like auto outs and the Marlins were still winning ball games. Right now, Lewis Brinson is hitting the baseball right now. Like it's just, that's when you know it's a weird season. Lewis Brinson is actually a valuable player right now. He's playing great defense 
and he's hitting over 300 against lefties. So th- this is just a mix of wacky season, uh, things coming together, a little bit of luck, and some good acquisitions. And you catch lightning in a bottle in 40-something games so far, and that's where you're at. You know, you just hope that yeah, the Marlins don't cool off down the stretch here. Mm-hmm. But a three-game series in the first you know, series of the playoffs is, is perfect for a yeah. team like the Marlins. And, I mean, I think you got to start paying attention to them. I'm not saying that they're, you know, a threat, but do you want to run into a team where you have to face maybe Sixto Sanchez game one, and then if Sandy Alcantara deals game two, all of a sudden you, you could be out quickly. Yeah, they have – that first-round series is, like, perfect for them. Um, the one thing that they have to do, and, you know, you can speak to this. I mean, they did win – you know, they did win three straight uh, in the back end of that, of that Philadelphia series is – um, this is one of those situations this weekend where a good team takes care of business. They need to go three and two, in my opinion, against a downtrodden Nationals team. They're going to have the the ability to do that. I mean, you know, they're going to face Eric Fetty um, for sure. They're going to get Anibal Sanchez for sure, and then I, I, at least one start. I'm not really positive who's going to go, and I think you're also going to see Corbin and Scherzer too, who I mean who have not been lights out the entire season. So. For me, this series, the Marlins need to win three games because you get Atlanta for four on the road, and then you get three with the Yankees who have really rounded their form as very much rounded. Um, oh, yeah, and I know yeah. the Marlins have been surprising in, in series like that and, and will you know, get you, but um, you know, give, yourself, give yourself a little bit of, of leeway. You know, see if you, can, um, if you can take advantage of the Nationals, maybe you know, get three, maybe even four out of the weekend. I know it's hard, but if you can at least get three, you're, you know, you're going to start stacking wins like that. And I mean, that, that's going to put them in range for 30 victories. And I think 30 for all of us, we've kind of said 30 is that magic number, right? Like 30 is probably going to get you in, in this kind of season. They're going to be right in line to get 30. I mean, if, if they can go three into this weekend, that means that they'll need just two more wins to get the 30. So for me, that's kind of the upshot on this weekend. What about you? No, I've said it's almost like you listened to the last podcast that I was doing for the Marlins because <laughs> I literally said you have to take the pressure off and make those yes. final seven games the least important as possible. Yes. And, you know, because you don't want it to come down to four games against the Braves, as you said, and three games against the Yankees who look like unstoppable right now. I know. Uh, I, I don't want to play the Yankees in New York in a three-game series. No, you don't want to pitch to Luke Boyd right now. You don't want to pitch to Luke Boyd right now. No, and Judge is going to be back, and Stanton's yeah. back, and Urschel is back, and, and then, you know, Davey Garcia is dealing. They're scary. Yeah. They really are scary. And the Nationals, <laughs> if I told you going into this year that the Nationals would have a chance to play spoiler against the Marlins. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you would have believed me, but yeah. you know, I did tell you before the season, I will say that they would be, yeah. the Marlins would be better. I yeah. did not think they would be this good, but I did know that they would be better. It's been tough to see what the Nationals are going through, but I think the Nationals were just set up for failure in a short season like this, and I think they'll be fine next Which year. Which is really weird because I thought, and, and, and this is not just me, I mean, the people I talked to, thought it was going to help them having an older team, having more rest uh, coming off of the long season. They just had having an older group with a fixed window and knowing what it took to win. I thought that would benefit them. And it is completely just shattered their ability to get anything going. It's like, you know, backs up against the wall immediately and they folded like a lawn chair and never, they never had a chance in this season. They never had a chance, but I just, I was, I thought was interesting. Like, like, like you put it, you hit the nail on the head. 
this season has not benefited them, but everybody I talked to and, and myself included was like, this is probably pretty good for that. This, this sets up pretty well. Yeah, and it has like not, the Warriors. has not, it's yeah, on. has not at all. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be like the Warriors. You take next the, you year, take next year will be good. Next yeah. year will be good, yeah. And you got to figure Keyboom's going to figure it out. You know, you lose. I don't think he here. will. I think yeah. there's starting to be some – there's some uh, – well, here's what I don't understand. It, for some reason, they sent him down in the middle of the season. I mean, Davey Martinez says he's going to be the everyday third baseman, and then all of a sudden, for some reason, he's sending him down. He's not playing him that much. And it's like, dude, you got to see what you have in this kid. Like you can't do it when he's down in AAA. Like you gotta put him back out there and see what see what you have in him. Yeah, and you don't want to stunt his confidence, and that's that's a yeah. thing too. But I think yeah. when you hit the panic meter or you hit the panic button when uh, you know you, every game is counting for almost three games, and you want right. to try and win ball games. But you know, right now it's just the Nationals. You know, that you lose Rendon, but then you don't really fully. You're never gonna fully fill that void. But no. it seems like you know they were hoping Keyboom would do a little bit more than he really is, and. Starling Castro, <laughs> I would have told that you would have been would have been a problem. He Eric was really teams. good. He was really good at the beginning, and and he got hurt, yeah. which was which was upsetting. Yeah. So you know it'll be interesting, but I, I I'm curious as to what the pulse is of Nationals fans right now. Like, obviously you don't really want the Braves to win, right? Like you got to be pulling for the Marlins at this point, right? I, I guess yeah, you are. I mean, I, I think that you know who else would you pull for? Like the Padres. Yeah, the I mean, I think I think it would be the Marlins just because. I think here's the thing. Number one, you usually don't pull for teams in your division just because, like, I think the Marlins gaining confidence heading into the next season, especially too, is is bad for everybody involved just because this division now becomes that much more competitive. And you and I have t- – and I talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. You and I even talked about it too. This division is, like, ridiculous now. Because, oh, I mean, you think about the, the Nationals and the Mets being the two worst teams in division, the World Series champions, and a team that's got the back-to-back Cy Young and a really good roster. And you kind of look at the, the Mets and you're like, how the hell is this team 22 and 27? And if this season was longer, your money would be on the Mets being a playoff team. Like 110%. I mean, my money would be there at least. So, well, and you know what? Yeah, and you know what the frustrating thing is? Is the Nationals were, were like just as bad through this many games last year, right? Right, so it's yeah. Like, it, and it's the same players for the most part. So you you almost just can't help but wonder. You know, maybe they're just notorious slow starters, and they could. I mean, they're, they're legitimately they're legitimately on track to be nineteen and thirty one. They're eighteen and twenty nine <laughs> right now. If they if they go two and three this weekend, or two and two this or, you know two and two this weekend, or one and one and whatever, like you know, if they win one of their next three games, they will be nineteen and thirty one, which would be a really just odd moment, I guess, in time to to be back to back and and to be nineteen and thirty one in this season. And know that there's no chance to pull yourself out of the uh, out of the abyss, if you will, would be an odd, I guess, odd experience. But yeah, I think if you're pulling for a team in the division, it's got to be the Marlins, just because, like, if you're a DC sports fan, like, you really don't like like you hate Philadelphia and and other sports as well too. You you don't like New York and other sports as well too. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off and blame ourselves saying like, oh, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find out the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to your house free with two-day shipping. 
The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is just simple. Go to roman.com slash xxx and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to roman.com slash lockedonmlb today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash lockedonmlb. Getroman.com slash lockedonmlb. So the, the one is, one thing is in Miami, like, I don't know another sport where, you know, in, here in D.C., in, in DC you're like, oh, the, uh, the Washington football team, uh, I can't stand, you know, them when they play the Eagles. I can't stand when they play the Giants. There's no version of that outside of the, you know, uh, for, the, and for Miami, outside of the Marlins. So I think that plays into it, too. And also, too, it's the Marlins. Like, how do you not root for yeah, them? Yeah, it's the Marlins. That's the, it's like the little yeah. brother. They're yeah. finally growing up. Like, you got you to gotta just pull for the little brother. You got to be worried, though, up. because the, the Marlins might lose their first ever playoff series this year. I know. And there goes right? the, the one talking point. <laughs> I know. Unless they sweep their way through. I know, I, that, it looks like that talking point's going to be gone. But, yeah, I mean, uh, like, because, you know, they, they make the playoffs. And, I mean, obviously, anybody can go – you know, once you're in the dance, you know, it's, it, it can be a crapshoot. It's all about who's – like you said, that situational hitting, that could pay dividends for them if, if they have it in the playoffs because 90% of the playoffs, I feel like, is your bullpen and your situational hitting. Uh, but, you know, like you, you, if they make the playoffs, I mean, their chances of winning aren't going to be that high. And so I feel like they could have that first series loss ever. Yeah, that would be rough. That would be rough, but at least there'd be no fans there to see it. Also, I'm gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see how the Marlins decide to play that into next year, right? Like, are they gonna try to keep the momentum going? It's so hard to get fans invested now. We're, we're starting to see fans more invested. Are the Marlins gonna say in the offseason, okay, we got to make a splash? And I hope. They yeah. What do you think? I mean, what do you think they're gonna do? Well, you know, it's tough because there's not that much out there you right. know, when you look at free agency and you don't want to just impulsively spend. And I think that this owner group, ownership group is, is clear that they're not going to do that. But you do have Wei and Chen off the books, which is $20 million off the books. You have uh, a few other million coming off from certain players. And you also have a new TV deal that will be signed next year. So you, you have salaries clearing off. You have money coming in. And it all makes sense to, you know, at least pick somebody up. I'm not saying, right. you know, not, not go million. crazy, but spend a but little. I, and someone that I'm intrigued in is, is Marcelo Zuno. I, I think he could come right. back home. He, I, I had a chance to talk to him uh, when he first made his return with the Cardinals back to Miami. Mm-hmm. And the way he was talking about Miami and the way he was saying, you know, it's so good to be back and I'm, I missed everybody. And there was no bad blood. And, uh, you know, anything can happen. It's rare to see a guy go from, you know, another team within the division. But crazier things have happened. Ozuna is producing this year big time. The DH looks He's like about to, to get stay. paid. Yeah. He is about to get paid yeah. by somebody. I mean, he's been on a tear recently. And, you know, this – I mean, that one-year prove – I think it's one year. Yeah, it's one-year prove-it deal. I mean, obviously big money. But, like, he, he bet on himself. And, I mean, that bet is going to pay off for him this offseason because – I mean, that's a team, you know, the Nationals, you'd love to see. You know, the, I think the Nationals would love to see him in, in I D.C. I think he's a candidate for the Nats, too. Yeah, yeah the really Nats do. are willing to spend the money, yes. He's definitely going to be. I, I, whether they're willing to spend the money or not, he's going to be yeah. a big thing. And, and but the Marlins are going to spend. Do you think the Marlins will go after him? I think if, if they can, you know, if he's in the if – if you can get him under $100 million, I, I think so. You, you backload the contract with, with the financial state of everything right now. But with the Marlins having $20 million off the books in Chen, they'll have a few other guys that they can get off the books too. 
I, I really think that it could be a really good opportunity for the Marlins to, to try and spend there and, and spend wisely without, you know, killing yourself. But the problem is I think there's going to be a lot of people trying to get Ozuna this off season. So unless they can really just pull on his heartstrings, I'm sure he'll go elsewhere, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Marlins decide to do. Because what I will say is they have way too many like three or four starting pitchers, meaning like they have way too many, like pretty right. good starting pitchers that are young and controllable and still valuable. How, what are you going to do with that surplus? That's where it's going to be interesting, and, I, and I'm curious to see what they end up doing. I will say I am happy that the Marlins did not trade Rio Muto for Victor Robles and instead got Sixto Sanchez and Jorge Alfaro. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I still think Robles will be good. But, you know, it's pretty crazy that, you know, when we look in hindsight right. how all these things went. But I know the Marlins were asking for Soto. So, you know, at least, at least the Nationals he was He that. was a no-starter. It was a no-starter on that. Well, I think it's – one one thing before I get you out of here is that like the spending in this division, uh, you can expect some of it in this offseason. I just especially with the new ownership of the Mets and with how the Marlins have improved, and I think with the Phillies signs of improvements as well, too. I, I think they are I think they plan on keeping Real Muto. Um, and I know the Nationals have talked about, you know, there's been talks about them going after him. I think the Mets would be another excellent, you know, team for him to go to. I think the spending in this division is about to go up. The competition, once again, for another season in this division is about to go up, which is exciting and also horrifying for, yeah. for some of us. At the very least, the Nationals can drive up that price for the Phillies and, right. and just right. make them have no money left. But I think right. giving up Sixto now, they have to – and seeing how good Sixto is, it forces you to, yeah. to have to keep him. But I, I actually hadn't thought of that. I, I actually yeah. hadn't thought of that. It's a really good yeah. point. You look at that, you're like, okay, you know, that's – this is like – of social suicide with the fans if we don't if we don't keep him here because they're going to see Sixto. Not only is Sixto killing it, he's killing you. So it's like yeah. it's it, it's the worst scenario for them. And one last thing I'll say is is I think bullpen arms are going to be there's going to be a fight within the division, and that's where I think the Marlins will overspend less mm-hmm. likely on a bat because they did get Marte and they're going to pick up his option next year. But Blake Trine and Alex Colome, those are guys that I think everybody in the division really needs, and they're going to be fighting over, and that's going to be interesting too. All right, Arm Layton, where can the people find you uh, and your work? Uh, sure, Arm Layton 8 on Twitter. And then, of course, LO underscore MLB Prospects. Always talking about prospects from all systems. I have an interview with a uh, prospect every single week. Actually, last week was a little different, though. I interviewed Pitching Ninja. We talked a lot about all the pitchers in the game that are really exciting right now. But definitely going to be doing some breakdowns on the national system. I've already talked about Rutledge in the past. So definitely check that out if you're interested in the Nationals minor league and just their system as a whole. I'll be doing a system breakdown on them soon too. So uh, it's something I'm very excited about and I'm sure I'll be back on in the future to talk a little bit more prospects uh, whenever you'll have me. Like I said, you are, you are our favorite guest here at locked on nationals podcast. Um, also, I mean the hardest working man at locked on only guy I know with, with two podcasts. So we appreciate you doing, uh, you doing that. Arm Layton, everybody. Arm, we appreciate your time. Thank you.